There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 558. Uh just uh was in like four or five cities uh on the oddball comedy tour. Let's see. Left L.A., went to Tampa, then Charlotte, then Atlanta, then New York. Okay, four. Um, but uh, uh, I feel good. I'm doing The Tonight Show tonight. It is the first time I've ever done The Tonight Show, and I am uh, nervously excited about it. Then, uh, so what is today? Monday the 11th, I think, of August. And then I'm doing the Doctor Who uh, wraparound special on August 23rd for the series premiere of Doctor Who with Capaldi. Capalgist, I'm calling August now. Um, okay, enough about me. I'll talk about myself enough. Jeff Bridges came back. He he asked to come back. How does that, who, what life is this? That we had Jeff Bridges on last year, and they were like, do you want Jeff Bridges again? He's got this movie called The Giver that's uh, coming out and would love to talk about it on the show. Uh, comes out August 15th. And I said, sure. Now, the first time, I was very nervous with Jeff Bridges. We talked a lot about work. This time, we totally bonded it was amazing. It's, I mean, honestly, this, I, I will actually, I will listen to this podcast several times because the wisdom that this man, this dude, if you will, uh, lays down about life and relationships and choices and decisions is fucking amazing. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw that uh, he, he threw out the first pitch uh, at a Dodger game the day that we did the podcast with him. That night he was throwing out the pitch. And he was kind of nervous about it, so Jonah said, oh, you should just bowl it, like the dude. And I think that's actually on the podcast. And then he fucking did it! He actually did it! So I get this frantic call from Jonah, like, he did it! He bowled the pitch! I told him! He bowled the pitch! So uh, that was very exciting uh, as well. But all in all, an absolute pleasure. Uh, Jeff Bridges rules, and here we go in the Nerds Podcast number 558, with the aforementioned Jeff Bridges. Now entering Nerdist.com. We should have a spa day. Let's all go to a spa. We'll get some cucumbers oh, on our eyes. Man. I know some uh, really cheap ones in Koreatown. No, well, okay. Yeah, we'll do this. I mean, we're, we're in a snazzy part of the city. We can, we can find We can do that. Throw a rock. <laughs> throw a hot stone. Throw a spa. Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling? Are you good? I'm good, man. Yeah. Good. good. How, are these, uh, how are these like mega long press days for you? Um, not bad, you know, kind of, I kind of, uh, especially this is pretty fresh, you know, right now. Yeah. It's not too deep into it. Right. You know, you've done those ones where you're, you know, the guys in there in a hotel room, you get like 70 interviews, you know. Right. That's pretty challenging. But that can be fun too, you know, especially when it gets towards the end and it starts to get really psychedelic. (laughs) (laughs) How is my mic positioning here? I know it's rather. It sounds good. It sounds okay. Okay. Does that that work? This is no. So uh, it sounds better for Jeff. Jeff, Jeff is uh, Jeff is sitting up right and he's yeah, positioned yeah, the microphone in such a way that it's yeah, like and I'm uh, talking. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I've never. Uh, this is a this is a good way to do it. It's basically the 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 midsec his midsection torso is being used as yeah. a mic stand. It's slightly phallic. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that it matches your shirt too, so yeah. it kind of looks like you. Yeah, or I could do maybe this is better. What do you think of like that? Ooh. Oh, that's amazing. Now we're now is like. Position. 
I want one of those. Do you want one of those? You have an extra one? You're sort of the MacGyver of uh, these yeah, uh, junket exactly. interviews. But if it's sounding cool, maybe I don't even need one. Maybe I'm yeah, missing. It sounds fun. Oh, yeah, I'm it just going to go like that. Yeah, down there. Going phallic. Man. And then we'll just try to not <laughs> pretend <laughs> that full phallic. you have a giant headed yellow yeah. dong yeah. that's pointed yeah. at your face. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's red. Yeah. Oh man. It's from like all a dog. The, from all the stroke. And... <laughs> I'm real lonely, Jeff. I'm real lonely. <laughs> I need to get out and meet people. <laughs> do you ever get to the, the, at the end of this kind of day? How do you sort of unwind from one of these types of things? Uh, what do I do? God, it varies. You know, it varies. I don't, you know, just probably collapse, you know, it's like the general thing, the real long ones, you know. This is a pretty, today's pretty short one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm kind of warming up to it. it but it's a beer about to get the onslaught. It's, well, it's going to be, I haven't got about, you know, a couple of weeks of it, you know, so. Oh, but this is just the beginning, first day. And do you, yeah. do they, is this the kind of thing where they fly you all over the world and you have to do no, this? No, like... no, it's just New York. Oh, that's not bad. Actually, today is pretty cool because I get to talk to all the international the international press, yeah. which I, I enjoy that. I've heard some people don't enjoy that. I was talking to somebody. They said it's just the, the process of having to like wait for the translation and then have pe- like having people like it just takes a long time to do those interviews. Uh, no, I mean all the guys who are interviewing me uh, today all speak English, okay. so there's no problem. Now, did you hear a lot of? Lebowski Grande. All right, I know what this one's about. I'll feel this one. Yeah, that does. Dude. All right, I got it. I got it. I think I know what he was asking. What I was I was rifling through your Twitter feed, and I was I was very delighted by your your article about successful marriages in the Huffington Post. They wrote you. Wrote you. Tweeted a link to this thing. Yeah, you... I did a. Uh, what do they call those kind of interviews? Uh, you know, where the guys ask. You know, people write, ask questions, and there's a person who feels all those questions. Oh, you did an AMA for Reddit. Yeah, yeah, AMA, yeah. yeah for Reddit. Yeah, so that was out of that. Yeah, I haven't done too many of those. It's pretty interesting. The Reddit AMAs are really, really interesting if you if you've never done one because it is it is an onslaught of questions that happen immediately, oh. and then you're kind of scrambling around to try to answer yeah. as many as possible. Yeah. Uh, so what? So let's talk about this a little bit because uh, you know, 1977 is that is that the date the, of our marriage? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I, I, you know, I would love to know the secret to a good relationship, and you had some tips. So would you please share some of those? What comes to mind? Uh, how old are you? I'm 42. <clears throat> oh, you're 40. So you could not be my child. No, <laughs> no. You could be my child. How old are you? Thirty-two. Oh yeah, you could be my child. Oh, that'd be that answers so that. many questions in my life. <laughs> uh, he immediately calls his dad. So, Fuck you, dad. You're out. <laughs> Jeff Bridges yeah. is my dad now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, what do you? What was the question again? I got. I got off. No, we're just talking about uh, the secrets to a successful oh, yeah. relationship. Oh, oh, like yeah. you know, how do you how do you maintain? Because it's not just about marriage, but it's also. The secret to maintaining any relationship long term, an interpersonal relationship. I thought there were some good tips in there. Yeah. Uh, something that just occurred to me as we're talking one of the things um, is uh, the knowledge. I've been married 37 years now, and um, I had a hard time getting married, man. I'll tell you about that in a second. But the knowledge now, after being married so long, is that it keeps getting better. You don't hear that too much. Well, what is it about it that gets better? Well, it's intimacy. Isn't that the high that we're all looking for? You yeah. Know, intimacy uh, with ourselves or the world or, you know, having a, you know, a, a woman, you know, to, to be intimate with. And the marriage creates that, uh, that playing field, you know, and it just keeps getting better and better in, a, in an emotional way, in a sexual way, in all ways. And, you know. That kind of keeps you want, wanting to come back, you know, to know, even in the tough times, and Alpha, it's another th- thing I kind of learned over the, over the years, is that those tough times are, uh, those are the times when you really, when the gold can really be found, you know, they're kind of the key, uh, because if you address those and are, and are really intimate with each other and listen to each other's stories about how they are, you know, what their reality is like, um, that's where the intimacy can be found and where love has to uh, grow. You know, we, you know, you come to this 
places in marriage where you say, oh, I'm out of here, man. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible, you know. And if you can kind of hang with that and be with that and, uh, and I guess, they, you know, love each other. What is love, you know? So, Opening your heart, you know, when you feel you can't, you 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 expand, and uh, sometimes you can't. You know, sometimes it's just too much. Then you go off and you love somebody else. But if you can hang in, you learn in those tough times uh, um, how to gr- how to grow. And and uh, and you know, I've been fortunate that I've been successful in those hard times. Um, that we've you know gotten deeper, and uh, it's more of a groove, and that and that. That makes you want to come back and get more of that. I think one of the most challenging things in relationships can be, you know, you can go through all those kinds of things, but you ultimately, in some senses, have to be fortunate that you and the person you're with have the same goal, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the deal. And if the goal is intimacy and getting to know each other, you know, it seems like the, the basic uh, fight that I have, and maybe you guys, if you relate to this, that I have with my wife is you don't get it. <laughs> you, know, like you don't understand what a drag it is to you know to see you. Where's the Bob? You know, what is it? Yeah. You know. uh, and and then I I resent that shit. You know, I said, well, you don't understand. You know, and that is such that's so true that none of us get what it's like to be the other person, and we all have these stories that are, that we cling on to this is it and there's stories man it's, it's as the dude says you know that's just like your opinion man <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you know what i'm saying it's just um there's stories and it doesn't mean that the story isn't true for that person and that my story isn't true but they're stories they're they're not locked in stone and so uh you get with the other person and you say okay that's true i you know i don't get it and i probably never will really get it but it's a story, you know. We can, if we can hook onto that, that there's the story involved, that it's not the, the ultimate truth. And then we get, then you get to, well, what kind of story do we want to tell mm-hmm. in our own personal lives and with each other? And like you say, you know, it's, it's, it's some, is this something we want to do? You know, what are we looking for? What, do we, what, what kind of, what kind of story do you want to tell? Yeah. And what kind of story do I want to tell? Maybe we can tell that story together and help. Define that, you know. Are you are you and your wife uh, the same people um, to each other that you were when you first started? Uh, uh, well, I told you I told you earlier I was going to tell you the story about getting married because I had a terrible time. You now I'm, but I was a young guy. What is it? Must have been. But uh, it was twenty. Was thirty seven from sixty four. Was that math? math? Oh, uh, twenty seven. So I was like I was twenty seven. And uh, I have this theory, uh, and again, it's just my opinion, uh, that uh, the fear of marriage that a lot of guys have, and I certainly have it, is the fear of death. You know, that um, if death is the ultimate end of the story, you know, how it all worked out, that marriage is a giant step in that direction. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, because I got married last year. Oh, so you feel that same thing? Yeah, what I kind of, what I tell people is like, it becomes like a locked groove on a record where you're like, oh, it's, that's one thing that's done now. That's right. That's a constant. Yeah, and no more girls, no no more messing around. And uh, I remember uh, when we lived together for the, you know, you know, usually it's about three years. You kind of hang out to test it, and we break up and get back. You know, and um, and uh, Sue uh, said to me one day, you know, said, you know, uh, and there was no animosity, or it was just a very clean thing. She said, "I really, you know, I could feel your love for me. I know you love me, and uh, I know that uh, you're having this problem, <laughs> you know, this uh, decision, you know, kind of thing, and I respect that." But uh, I, my clock is going off. I want to, you know, have a real. I want to get married to somebody. I want to have kids and do that. And I'm going to go back up to Montana where you found me and, and, <laughs> and start to do that in a couple of weeks. But I just want to let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, know, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, oh shit, you know, and um, <laughs> just prior to this, I got to tell you another little weird story. Uh, my bachelor pad in Malibu. 
incredible. <laughs> it was an incredible place, and that's where Sue and I lived for a long time. And it was, you know, it's really high up in the hills there, and there's a kind of a valley and another mountain on the other side. And on that mountain, there's no houses or anything because the land is just too volatile, you know, earthquakes and stuff. Or I don't know why there's but there's no houses on there, but there is a giant head. A rock, a rock, a big rock, one big rock. It's maybe about three times the size of this room. And the rock is a face. It looks like, you ever see the movie Zardoz? Oh, of course, mm-hmm. yes. So it, looks like, it looks like that big, <laughs> got a rock with the big mouth and the eyes, oh, you know. And there it is. And as the sun goes across the sky, the expressions kind of change on it. You know, we'd often look at that face and we'd, Say, God, I bet the Chumash Indians must have been over there. You know, there must be a kind of a great spot. There's probably petroglyphs and stuff in there. We got to go over there. So one day we get their dogs and we just go as the crow flies. Just there was no path. We go through the brush. <laughs> it took us about an hour. It was it got there kind of quicker than we thought. And we're out of breath and we're clawing into this guy's mouth, you know. And we're looking for the petroglyphs and there's no petroglyphs. And dogs are panting. And then we, we sit down and look over to our little place. And this thought comes to mind. I said, look at that. That little house just sitting there on a hill, allowed to be there on this big, you know, Mountain and so this, but we're really a little speck, and all of a sudden I hear oh, coming up through my ass, up through my body, through my heart, into my so, and tears start to ejaculate out of my eyes. I mean, I'm just like, ah, and she says, you know, what's happening? I go, oh, nothing, nothing, and then I hear through this energy that's coming through me, you will now ask this woman to marry you. You will now. I go, oh, and Sue says, what's wrong? I say, nothing, nothing. And she says, tell me. And I say, oh, I have this terrible feeling. She says, what is, what is it? She, she, I said, I have this terrible feeling that I'm supposed to ask you to marry me now, and I'm so frightened. And she says, well, you don't have to do that. I said, good, let's get the fuck out of here. And, just, and we just, and we laid out of the bed. And so now, you know, cut a couple of weeks later, she lays this thing on me. You know, I understand how you feel, but I'm going back up to Montana, and I'm I'm thinking about sitting in the guy's mouth, and I say, okay, I'm I'm down, I'm on my knees, I say, you know, will you marry me, and uh, she says, oh, well, when do you want to do it? I say, well, we've got only a couple of days, a couple of days, I don't know how long I can hold this, uh, you know, this marital thing, you know, (laughs) she said, okay, and uh, we got married in a couple of days, and, uh, and I was you know, still had this, you know, thoughts we were talking about. Now we're up in Maui and the beautiful seven sacred pools at Maui, you know, for our honeymoon. And all I could do is just smell the rotting papayas. And I'm just still pouting, you know. I said, oh, what have I done? This is <laughs> fucking terrible, you know. Sue was saying, oh, let's annul this. This is, I said, no, no. And that went on for a couple of years. <laughs> Literally a couple of years. And thank God she didn't kick me to the curb. She put up with that shit. Well, first of all, Sue sounds... Hats off to her for saying, like, hey, you know, it's... I'm so impressed by people who don't stay in relationships that they don't feel are good for them. And they can stand up and go, you know what? I I want this... And if you don't want that, that's fine. I'm gonna go yeah. get what I want. Like yeah. that, I, I have so much respect for that because how many of us yeah. have stayed in relationships that you <laughs> sort of felt like, well, this isn't really fulfilling to me, but I'm gonna stay in it for whatever re- and not and not really pursue yeah. what I want. It's yeah. an incredible gift to give yourself to say like, hey, this is what I want, man. And if yeah. you don't want this, then fine. But oh, this is, I'm God. gonna go do it. But then opposite to put up with my shit for that long <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know saying why you know and thank god she did you know and i think one of the things that, that kind of also helped me a lot through that period is whenever i think of uh you know was this the right woman for me you know because that's always the kind of in the back you know is this did i make the right choice you know i think about sitting in that guy's mouth you know hmm. and what that was all about you know and I, I also think about uh, my first uh, meeting with her. Did I ever tell you that no. story? I'm making a movie called Rancho Deluxe mm-hmm. uh, in Montana. 
probably in like what seven, maybe I don't know, you know, three years before seventy. So you know, like um, you know, seventy four somewhere in there. Uh, and when and Sam Waterston was in it with me, Harry, oh, wow. Harry Dean Stanton, oh wow, and uh, Richard Bright. I don't know if you know that actor. And we're shooting this scene up in Montana at a place called Chico Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. And this, and this is, is this big pool, and it's filled with you know natural hot spring water. And we're plotting a, a burglary or something. And um, I keep noticing this girl who works at the place, and she's a gorgeous girl, and she's got broken nose and two black eyes. And I cannot take my eyes off this girl. I'm doing that thing that us guys often do with magazines. You know how you use that as kind of a shield. <laughs> and, and she would bust me every time, you know. And I finally work up my courage to ask her out. And uh, I say, you know, hello, hi. Uh, you know, would you like to go out with me? She said, no. <laughs> I say, really? She says, no, no, no. It's a small town, maybe. Well, I'll see you around. And her prophecy proved true. And you know, we uh, met in a, a bar and uh, you know danced and fell. You know, it was inst- just it, well, I, it was instant. Well, I was looking over the magazine. I was gone. You know. Anyway, fell in love. You know, um, there's kind of a long story that I won't you know get into now. But anyway, we uh, finally get married. And now we cut about ten years later. And I'm opening my mail, and uh, I get a card from the makeup man on that show. And he said, I was going through my files, and I came across a shot of uh, you asking, uh, talking to a local girl I thought you might like. No way. So I have a photograph, and if I had my wallet, I could show you. I carry it. It's my prized possession of the first words that I ever said to my wife. That's amazing. And, uh, asking her, and her saying no. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a photograph of that. Of that moment. Oh, wow. So whenever I think, you know, this might not be the girl for me, I think about, well, what do you mean? I got sitting in the guy's mouth and said that photograph. <laughs> I, said, this is, I think this is the one. That's funny. I, the, when I kind of, uh, with, with my wife, now wife, well, like the first, I, you know, I took her back home to Hawaii. That's where I was born and raised in Hawaii. And we went on this hike up to these uh, old, you know, World War II bunkers. And it was uh, above my town. And I remember sitting with her. And it's, you know, I'm taking this girl that I really like back to like my, and showing her around my, you know, my former life. And, and I was like, it was kind of the same thing where I'm like, I was seeing where my house was. And I was like, oh, it's so tiny. So many like weird little moments and heartbreaks that seem so important that are now kind of washed away with the grander scheme of life. And you're up above and you see the ocean and the mountains. And I was kind of like, yeah, I think I want to just be with this girl for the rest. It was a very, it's in a weird feel. It's yeah. weird feelings. Uh, it was a really weird feeling. I'm just working on me right now. Yeah. You merit, are you? No, I'm, you're I'm, not I'm married. totally, you, I'm totally available. Yeah, single. And have you, have you avoided uh, the thing? Have you gotten close or have you ever, are you divorced? Or no, I've gotten, deal? I've gotten close. I, <clears throat> I've been in two relationships in the last 10 years. One of them was for seven years and the other was for three. So I'm not a Afraid of commitment. But forty-two, man. That's how old you are, right? Forty-two. You held out. No, I'm saying that. No, I'm no. My th- my oh, good, theory. Yes. No, my theory is you hold out as long as you possibly can, man. I do. I do hold on as long as I possibly can. I, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm always optimistic. Like, oh, I can make this work, or I can do this, or I can do this. And then sometimes relationships it just doesn't work out. And uh, yeah, you hold out, man. Because but I uh, yeah, go ahead. No, because why? Because it. Uh, you're dying, <laughs> and, you, and, you want, you. and you want the real cool thing, you know. And uh, you know, you only got so much time. You want the thing, so you hold out. And uh, you know, if you're lucky, you'll you'll crumble. You know, like what? Who are some of the great bachelor? You know, like Warren Beatty. You know, how old, how long would it take him to finally? You know, a long time. A long time. Clooney's never been married, right? Clooney, well, he, 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 just got, he oh, he did he, just get married. He's, yeah. he's gone. So I think um, that's been kind of my mo with a lot of things, making movies is that same kind of thing. I really don't want to engage. You know, I do my best to not do anything, you know, not work. Yeah. Uh, until uh, <laughs> until I just, until the thing is too groovy to not, you know. And I try, oh, try to not, you know. I have a, um, a painting I did of a dream uh, I had. And the, in the dream, I'm going down a, r- a river uh, in a boat, a rowboat, and there's two big, there's a wall on each side of the cliffs on each side of the river. And the river's filled with these huge whirlpools. 
And in each whirlpool, in the vortex of the whirlpool, is a beautiful jewel. And my task is to navigate through these whirlpools and get down the river. And I'm rowing down like this, and I'll see one of these jewels, and I'll get kind of mesmerized by it, and I'll go, oh, shit, look at that, so beautiful. Oh, shit, oh, almost got it. And I'll pull out, and I'll row like that. And then I'll see another one, and I'll go, oh, fuck, oh, that looks so... Oh, shit, oh! And, and that's the painting, right? And the title of the painting is Jeff Makes a Decision. Oh, that's incredible. And that's my process, you know. That's really incredible. Wow. Well, that, that makes me... So a couple of things... I want to talk about that for a sec, but but firstly, I want to say when I was younger, I do remember feeling that thing that you were that you mentioned about like, well, this ultimate commitment is sort of the death of a bunch of other choices that you may have had before. Yeah. But what I realize now is that you know finding that one person, which I'm not afraid of at all, I would I would love to find that person is. Um, it's it's what you said. It's oh, yeah, you might not be able to fuck everyone in the world, but why would you want that when ultimately intimacy and this kind of very evolved intimacy and growing together with someone is ultimately way more special than you know being distracted by all the jewels. Yeah, there's a there's uh, yeah, a line in the that... new Tom Petty record where it says, uh, "I love you more than the sins of my youth." Yeah, which is oh, that's great. fucking great. It's, it's the perfect that. line. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, it's such a great line. That's, that's that's wonderful. I've been digging his all those interviews, uh, you know, yeah, not, the, not interviews, but that long. What is he? He's just got a radio show, the town hall just, thing on Sirius yeah, XM. I was listening to that today. Yeah, it's really wonderful. I was yeah. I was loving that and hearing about uh, the Wilburys. And oh, he tells that, this amazing oh, story, great? like yeah, how that so all good. happened. Oh, it's yeah, so it was just supposed to be an extra track on a George Harrison record. They were like, we need yeah. one more. We need like another track. And then he's like, well, how about you know? It was just very casual the way they all got together, the Wilburys. And those guys got together casually? Oh, yeah. very casually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me, you know, George says, let me call up Bob. I think maybe he'll, you know, hey, yeah. Bob, we're putting this group together. You yeah. want to be in? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in, man. Yeah, and then they drive yeah. down the three. Uh, uh, now we uh, got to get uh, uh, Roy. Roy Orbison, you Yeah, know? and he was oh, playing yeah. a show in uh, yeah. Anaheim, it was it? Like, and then they all down. drive down. They all went down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, what, it's like George Harrison and and Dylan show up. You're like, yeah. hey man, want to be in a band? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why yeah. the hell just not? Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. yeah. He was just like, the way they described it, that time described it, was just, he's like, yeah, sure, yeah. Sounds, yeah. yeah, sounds, sounds yeah. fun, yeah. Oh man, that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But this, but I, I'm interested to hear about your decision, decision making process. You're distracted by the jewels, but how do you. How do you keep yourself on the path? Like, what do you what do you say to yourself to make sure that you're that you're staying on the right path? Uh, well, how cool the path is, you know. The, the, and the farther you're going down it, you 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 um, you made aware of uh, how how powerful that path is, and how cool it is, and how precious, and what and you don't want to you know you don't want to mess up, you know, you don't want to. You don't want anything to uh, ruin that, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's, you know, I'm a jealous guy. You know, I don't want my girl messing around, and you know, and she doesn't want me messing around either. You know, and that and that would dissipate what we have. You know. Yeah. One of the one of the things too, uh, you know, when I was younger. Um, and before I got married, I had that thing about all you know all the jewels. You know all the you know because I love that. You know. Um, and you. And but what you're not privy to is what's behind that door of marriage. You know all the things that you know, you have no idea what that what that kind of intimacy can give you, and what children and grandchildren and all that stuff. You know what the joy of that is. Yeah. You know. I noticed that uh, when I was like 38, 39, I was super freaking out about oh my god because it's the first time you really become aware that oh there's an end point to everything. You know, like some t at some point there's an end point. When you're younger, it's just like, oh, time. There's I've got tons of that. Isn't that wild? And then you yeah. start going, oh, wait, I'm kind of at the halfway point right now. Yeah. So you freak out. Right. And now at 42, I, I feel so much calmer and not as desperate to have to be validated or place my self-esteem in other people and things and just be comfortable with I'm, – I'm actually, it's a very weird feeling. Like I feel like I'm breathing more fully. Mm -hmm. I just feel like more – I just feel better about my – I just feel more comfortable with myself, which is – I didn't expect. I was like, oh, when I'm 42, it's, I'm gonna, they're going to have to put me in a home and I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do anything and I'm not going to be – you know I'm not going to have any vitality. It's like, 
I feel good. Like I feel really nice now. It's, yeah. it's kind of cool. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, it's part of me. Uh, part of you doesn't change. Right? You yeah. have that experience that you just feel there's something in you that you know that. Or I can talk for myself and me that just like when I was a kid, I feel basically the same thing. Uh, I do notice though now um, the whole mortality thing. I'm feeling that you know more and more each year because as you know, they pick up, man. The years they go faster and faster and faster, and I say, oh yeah, I'm gonna die in a second, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think, but I got a lot of shit to do. Shit, I, I want to do this and do that, and, and uh, you better get to work. You know, you better get your stuff. That's one guy in my head, you know, and the other guy is saying, "Will you please relax? <laughs> you know, do you want to have the rest of your life a giant homework assignment with yeah. all? You know, please, you know, come on." And I, you know, I'm I'm kind of in between those two poles, you know, and I kind of surf in between those two things and. You know, trying to uh, relax as much as I can in that. But uh, talk about not get it, you know. <laughs> My wife, that's one of our, you know, one of our classic battles is, uh, you know, you don't get it. Uh, you know, um, I'm, uh, you know, you've got all these, this giant agenda and I'm at, at odds. I mean, you know, i I got to go along with it. That's not my thing, you know. My thing, you know, but I, so that's a challenge for our, you know, how we, how we balance that, you know. Yeah. I think there's an interesting, you know, what I'm starting to learn, which seems to be applicable to everything that I'm doing is, what is the word doing? It's the, it's, it's the difference between the action verbs and the being verbs. It's like, like you said, oh, I got a lot of work to do. I got to do, do, do. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then the other part of your brain is like, why don't you just fucking be? Like, yeah, why don't you yeah. just exist? Like, why don't you just enjoy the fact that you exist and be and not not have to place so much uh, so much validity in running around and having to do a million things? Like, you yeah. know, just, just be. Just enjoy. And I think yeah. that's why... <laughs> It seems like everything moves so fast because we just feel so much pressure to do stuff all yeah. all the time. Not that you should be completely inert, but I mean, just taking those moments to really enjoy your the present, you know. Yeah, but it's funny, man. When you're when uh, when you're uh, fortunate, and I'm, and, and you know, make, be, being alive is the basic, I guess, fortune. You know, just. But I I am. Uh, I am presented with such wonderful opportunities, you know. And I try to, you know, like I was saying before, not engage in them, but some are just too groovy to not do. (laughs) And it's like, and talk about being, and you say, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, there's a whole kind of thing about, you know, living life, you know, and doing what you want to, and then having life kind of live you and just surfing what is... You know what what comes your way, and there's such amazing stuff come that comes my way that um, engaging, not engaging is is you know very you know very challenging. I don't know, I don't know quite how to do it. It's just uh, well, I think there's a difference between I think there's a difference between experiencing things because you you want to appreciate the experience and running around and doing stuff because you're trying to. Fill some sort of a oh, hole, oh, 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 you yeah. know. Like, of course, if you have the opportunity, is like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take you to this amazing, you know, glacier, and you're gonna get to hang out with whales. I'm like, well, yeah, I want to do that because that sounds amazing. As opposed to, oh, I have to do this thing, or it's not my life isn't gonna be complete. Like, that, yeah. I think those are different. I think those are different motivations. And I think it's, I think, and I'm not great at it, but I think it's much better to try to experience things because you just want to, you know, like you want to expand the scope of your horizons. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mystery to me. What's the most What's the most amazing thing you've gotten to do recently? <clears throat> um, well, my music, you know, that whole thing is just uh, quite amazing to me. Uh, Crazy Heart really set a fire under all that. You know, I've been playing music since I was a kid, and, you know... Uh, Having you know, a bunch of guys that I play with, and it's kept kept alive. And then uh, when Crazy Heart came down the pike, that was when I really tried to push away. You know, really didn't want to engage. Did my best. Oh wow! Uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, one reason when it first came to me, the script was pretty good, but there was no music. You know, so I said, well, if there's no music. You know, um, then. Uh, 
then the movie's not going to be any good. You got to have music, you know. I said, wow, that was a close one. I almost got sucked into that jewel, you know. That was very close. And then, and then my buddy T Bone. Burnett, you know, he said, have you read the script, Crazy? I said, oh, yeah, why are you asking me? Are you interested? And he says, well, I'll do it if you'll do it. You know, I said, oh, really? I said, there's no music. He said, well, we'll come up with that, you know. I said, okay, I'm in. And now I'm really, you know, filled with kind of fear and anxiety because while it's a wonderful, you know, it's like a dream come true. Sure. But it's like the dream come true, like, uh, you know, you're the... Uh, you know the receiver in a you know in a you know the championship football game, and you're running out for that long ball, and the quarterback has passed it to you, and you say, "Oh please, <laughs> you know, am I going to catch her?" And the anxiety of you know, okay, here you want to this is your dream, okay, now here's your dream. Yeah, because there's so much emotion gonna, invested. Into yeah, it. yeah, are you going to be able to catch the ball? Are you going to, or is it? Now you know, in the dream, it's kind of safe, but now it's real, and what are you going to do about it? So I. You know, again, it was one of those things. Where I was frightened and anxious, but you know, fuck it. You know, it's too too groovy to pass up. And if I fail, if I fall, you know, okay. And if I, you know, don't, that's okay. I'm just going to go in it for the uh, experience, you know. And uh, and that it's frightening, you know. So it's not a matter of like, you know. Um, well, this is interesting. What you kind of what you said about you know doing because you ha- you have to do something. And I'm I'm. I'm uh, drawn towards uh, and I'm repulsed by these challenges that life presents us. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like the marriage, you know, all these things. To resist, eh, eh, eh. that's my M.O., you know. That's how I uh, go into things. Um, you know, into, Are you into rebirthing? Do you know about what that's all about? No. I remember years, years ago, this is probably prior to even being married, watching a TV show. And these doctors were talking about this theory of rebirthing, and it was all about uh, that you admit your 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 initial dilemma in life is being born, <laughs> and, and how you approach that dilemma. You know, you know, you're in this womb, you're feeling really groovy, and all of a sudden there's these contractions, and something else is happening. But no, ah, you have no choice and, of your own. Yeah, no choice. Yeah, and what are you what are you going to do about it? And then you do something about it, and you have a you you know you um, have some kind of you know uh, scheme of how you're going to get through this thing, and that you you um, you duplicate that. That's how you deal with problems. And so the guy says, uh, so what you do is you go talk to your mom uh, about what that birth was like. And she'll tell you, and then, uh, and then you um, lay over your first trauma that you can remember. And so I went to my mom, and we had a very close relationship. And we sat, you know, kind of a little closer than we were like, looking at each other. Uh, kind of like, actually, not kind of like the giver, like this yeah. movie, now that I think about it. And uh, I said, tell me about my birth. She goes, well, you know about that. I said, no, tell me. You know, I forget, but don't tell me. And so she starts to tell me. And I, I kind of got into a long story. Should I go on to the long story? Please. Long, this, is yeah. a, this is incredible. So um, prior to my uh, birth, my parents lost a child uh, to sudden infant death syndrome. Okay. You know, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you, you don't have any kids, but can you imagine a year-old? You know, you go up to, you know, you know, wake up your baby and your baby's just dead. You know, yeah. there's nothing to do. And the terrible, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible uh, thing for, for them. And uh, and their doctor who delivered all their babies, Leon Bellis, that's my middle name, Leon, named after this guy. He says, Dorothy, you got to get back up on the saddle here. You got to have another kid, you know. So she did. And... Uh, she was, uh, she said, and I was, I was so excited. I was going to the hospital, and it was the days when they used to lash the women down to metal tables oh my and shoot God. them with a spinal to like numb their, their bodies. You know, that's how, you know. And so she was on the metal table, and she's telling me now what the nurses are, you know, the nurses were having a t- conversation about their cars and stuff. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I heard the story, but I kind of like, I kind of remember, you know, remember this, you know, she's saying it, I'm, I'm kind of sensing it as a memory. Oh, that's crazy. And she says, and the nurses, they shot me up with the spinal, and my mom says, uh, 
And all of a sudden, I remember this phrase, she said it was so wild. She says, it felt like I was falling backwards down a velvet-covered escalator. Mm-hmm. And I heard the nurses say, oh, the baby, the baby's heart is stopped. Oh, the mother, oh, 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 the shit, oh, no, the shit's going terrible. Calling the doctor, you know. And, um, and, uh. The doctor comes in, Leon, and he starts to slap my mom across the face. Wake up. Wake up, Dorothy. Come on. Come on. And she's strapped down, and they say, okay, I'll unleash her. And they you know, take her off, and she sits up. And, uh, oh, the baby's turning around, because I had turned around also during this whole thing. And turned her, and she says, oh, the baby's coming out, and the baby's friends out. And that's, that was my birth experience. <laughs> now you're supposed to put that over the, your first trauma you know, that you remember. And my first trauma was I was about, oh, I guess, four or five years old. And I'm in my living room, and my mother comes through the front door in a mink stole and very short hair, very short hair. And I, she used to have this beautiful long hair down to her waist. And I just, it looked like my mother turned into a gorilla or something. I didn't know, like, <laughs> weird, ah! And I go and I run and lock myself in the bathroom. And that's me. Turning around in the, in the oh womb. wow, and then uh, my father comes at the bathroom. But he says, "Jeff, come on out of there. I'm going to count to ten. He's knocking on the door like this, and that's the doctor slapping my mother in the face like that. That's, and then finally I just come out, and I find oh that's you know my mother's not a gorilla you know this or someone, and that's kind of and when I when I look back in my life that's how I. Uh, deal with uh, challenges. I said, oh, <laughs> fuck this. This is terrible. Just fuck it. Fight, fight, fight. I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to, yeah, let's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't want to do it. It's just too tough. Too tough. And then, oh, fuck it. Let's go bowling. <laughs> you know, let's just, you know, yeah, let's just do it. Do it. You know, do it and see what happens. You know, like from here, this is, a, this is an interesting challenge. Today, tonight, after I go, do these interviews, I got to go pitch a ball in this Dodger game. Oh, oh shit. shit. I'm anxious, man. <laughs> I, did, I did that once. You did it once. I did it, I did it at the Dodger Stadium a couple years ago. That's what I'm doing it, man. So, it is, get any tips? The tip, well, here's what I did. I actually met with a pitching coach the week before, and I'm like, yeah, I want I, you to teach me how to throw a fucking ball, because I don't want to be a bad YouTube clip for the yeah, rest of my life. Yeah. And so... Uh, I dug 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay, so I wonder he, if that was like a, 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 a gag or something, or did it really... It worked. Yeah, you know. Good. Here's what he... Or do the Bill Murray and just fucking throw it into the stands. He just purposely threw it into the stands. Oh, that's a good... Oh, that's a good... So here, here's, here's what he taught me, is that um, your left hand is sort of the guide. So if... Are you right-handed? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the left hand with the glove is sort of aiming at where you want to throw. So as the hand swoops across, like right where your left hand ends up where you want it to go is where you throw and follow through. And that's what I did. And it and I did not embarrass my... It wasn't a perfect pitch, but I did not embarrass yeah, myself. Yeah. Made your mom proud. It made my mom very proud. She's a sports fan. To the point, to the extent where... And if you want to do this, I fully support it. I was so excited that I didn't fuck it up. I ran full bore at the catcher and left. I, I left off the ground and I saw him going, no, 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 no. And I just, I wrapped I like, both legs around him, just wrapped and held on. I was like, oh my God, I'm so relieved. Because those crowds, you know, but you know what? Yeah. You, you, I, I, they didn't, I was, I was not real well known when I did that. It, you, everyone loves you. So you're good. No matter what you do, oh, you, you will be fine. Well, I, I worked with a, uh, a coach yesterday. You know, nice. I played little league. I was a pitcher in little league. You know, and Bo, my brother, was a huge athlete. Uh, he uh, he was scouted by the Dodgers. He played uh, at UCLA under Wooden. You know? Wow. I mean, he was and you know he was really a great athlete. But I studied with this guy yesterday. He coached me, and. Uh, I pitched, you know, and I, you know, knocked it into the dirt a few times, and then I finally, you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, if you were target practicing with a rifle or something, you know, you figure out where your error is, and then you, you know, you, you, uh, you what, what's the word? You compensate for mm-hmm. it. 
So now where I'm aiming for the pitch, I'm aiming about 30 feet <laughs> higher than the uh, catcher's mitt and about six feet to the left. Jeez. And that's my target. So I'm aiming here. I'm, I'm pitching up there. That's the closest I can get. So we'll see if that, we'll see if that theory works. Should, um, we'll just bowl the ball down. The, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Oh, there you go. There. That could be a cool idea, That's a man. Cool idea. Well, it, isn't it's it? It's a little dude thing, man. Yeah, it's a nice reference. It's a very LA movie. It's the LA Dodgers. Ooh, that's tempting. Yeah, oh, man. but it, will people get it right away? Well, they just think, did he try to throw it underhand and then just fuck up? Well, yeah. what's what's crazy is that uh, again, another great metaphor for life is basically playing your margin of errors, knowing like. This is what I normally do, so I'm going to be, instead of continuing to hurl it off course, I'm just going to refocus a little bit and know that this is, this is what I do. But I love the idea that you figured out that, you're, that the way that you problem solve is, or the way that you overcome things is fight, 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 ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything turns out fine. That's right. It's, it's weird. I got a bowling story to tell you. This goes with the, back with the, the uh, Lebowski, you know. The dude, you never see the dude bowl. You ever notice that? Yeah. yeah. But in the you know, original thing, I had some bowling scenes, and so the brothers, you know, they said, we got to get a bowling coach. So uh, there's a bowling coach there coaching uh, me, Steve Buscemi, and, and John Goodman. And uh, he's like a top bowler, like one of the best bowlers in the world. And he's got an assistant with him as well. And so I'm saying to him, uh, now the dude, you know, how do you think the dude might prepare to bowl? You know, you know, uh, you know who Jackie Gleason is? Of course. The Honeymooners? Do you of know course. Honeymo- so you know Norton, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, um, uh, Art, what was Art Carney. Yeah, Art Carney. And you know how he was signing a piece of paper, you know, he would, you know. <laughs> make sure he was ready, you know, and get get prepared, you know. And I said it might be like that. Do you think the dude is kind of like that? And, and the the assistant starts to <laughs> laugh like this. You know? I say, what's going on? He goes, nothing, nothing, <laughs> like this. And I asked the the master bowler. He goes, you know, like this. And the guy keeps laughing. I say, tell him, tell me. And he says, no, you tell him. He, he points to the master bowler, and the guy says, okay, I'll tell you. He says. um, I, uh, you know, there's a kind of a Zen thing to bowling. Like the pins are down before you even, way before you throw the ball. It's as you're pulling the, you know, the your your ball back to throw it. You know, you've got to be in the right headspace to do that. You got to be totally relaxed, totally one with the pins, the ball. You know, and I would literally take you know five or ten minutes, you know, doing little. Twitches and little things to relax, you know, and we'd get to be a champion, you know, a champion match, and all the guys in the bench, you know, would be, you know, squirming and say, you know, finally they would yell, throw the fucking ball, you know, like this. And I said, so what? What happened? He says, well, I had a, a complete nervous breakdown, and I had to go to a psychiatrist, and you know, work on it, you know. So I say, you know, so what do you? How do you deal with that? What do you do? He says, I just, now I get up and just throw the fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> don't, think, don't think about it at well, all. My, my dad was a professional bowler on the oh. PBA, and so that's the, the I bowl oh. the same way. So my dad, my dad, my dad passed away last year, but he, he was also one, a great coach, and he, uh, he said, yeah, you bowl the way I did. You just get up and throw the fucking ball. He's like, he said the same oh, exact oh, thing. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, we got to wrap it up, because you have a okay. bunch of interviews. So two, two quick things. Number one... Are there any gems worth jumping out of the boat for, and how do you know when to do that? You never, yeah, I, I never know. I resist. There's plenty of gems, man. They're all over the place, those damn jewels. <laughs> God, I'm trying to just get down the river, man. Come on. But they're all over the place, and I, uh, you know, I resist, and then I get uh, you know, pulled in by the most beautiful, groovy ones. You know, I get, I, I'm, I'm open anyway, but I, you know, just. Push, push, resist, resist, you know. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. fucking ball. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, we should just, when does The Giver come out? Oh, oh The Giver. People, yeah, The Giver. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. God, this movie. Yeah, The Giver that comes out August 15th. And uh, it's a movie I've been trying to get made for, God, almost 20 years. Oh, so, wow. Uh, I originally uh, wanted to direct my father in it. And uh, as a matter of fact, somewhere in some garage... There is a version of this movie with my father playing the giver, 
and Bud Court, you know, Bud of Court, course, yeah, yeah. Harold Amont, he narrates the whole thing. My Bo's kids, uh, one of them is shoots shoots it, uh, you know, photographed it. One is playing Jonas. Wow, we did the whole book, so that's around somewhere. But I've been trying to get it made, and uh, it, um, you know, talking about you know decisions and stuff. I came to a real interesting crossroads with that movie because. Uh, I realized once it was going to be made, Harvey Weinstein's company and uh, Walden, uh, you know, financed it. I realized that it was not going to be my vision, and I was very attached, you know. And I had a decision to make, uh, kind of like you know the marital decision or yeah. all these decisions that come up in life. You know, should I engage or not? And uh, because I knew that. It, they were going to do things that um, you know were very different from how I imagined it, and I gave myself a little test, which I often do in these times, where I say, you know, kind of project myself in the future. How am I going to feel if I let this go? How am I going to feel if I engage? You know, and I, I really felt shitty if I let it go. I could imagine, you know, putting all that time and all that. I so I kind of decided I'd do it, and I did it. The, my, the context in which I kind of made the decision was uh, do this as, a, as an experiment. And that's kind of, that is usually my, uh, that's actually, as we talk here, that's usually the thing that makes my shift from the fighting, no, 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 to, you know, fuck it and go, go for let's it. Let's see it's what like, happens. Let's say, let's do a, do a little experiment on yourself. Uh, well, this is a chance for you to... Um, Dance with the universe, you know. Look at you've got all these. You, you know, it's not like you've got shitty people to work with. Harvey Weinstein. Look what comes out of his oven. You know, the great yeah. movies he's made and Walden, and, and uh, play. You know, play, dance, <laughs> dance with this thing. Don't take it. You know, my mother gave me you know great advice that I still use today all the time. You know, she, as she's sending me off to work, you know, as a kid, and you have this anxiety. And we've been talking about anxiety this whole interview, basically. <laughs> She said, remember, have fun and don't take it too seriously. <laughs> That's great advice. And that is really good advice. So I went in it with that spirit, and I'm so glad that I did because I think the movie came out brilliantly. I got to work with Meryl Streep, these great young kids, you know, Bretton Thwaites and uh, Odea Rush. You know, they're just so great. And I had a great time making it, and I'm pleased with the the outcome, and it's N not exactly like I imagined it, but it's cool. <laughs> well, you enjoy you enjoy the process, and yeah, ultimately there you go. having fun, having fun, and and like you said, experimenting and not being afraid. Because when you're when you're experimenting, you're not as afraid of failing and trying to control things so hard. Because yeah, you're like, hey, let's see what right. happens. Yeah. Let's go down this path that's and see it. what happens. That's great. But um, I, it's this has been such a fucking great chat with you. Good, I'm so, I, this is wonderful. Nice. I hope you had a nice time. Good hanging. I hope my, uh, my I hope your, yeah, your dick mic is uh, yeah. working really it good works. there. It's captured. <laughs> it's good to see you, Jeff. Good seeing you. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. All right. Brad, good, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video.